0: Welcome to Going for Gold, the USA Today Sports Olympics podcast. I'm Nicole Auerbach. I cover swimming primarily, which actually just ended, so I'll be bouncing around. But um, we wanted to get you a swimming podcast. I had a conversation with Michael Phelps' longtime coach, Bob Bowman, which we'll get to towards the end of this podcast. Um, Talked to him less than two hours after uh, Michael retired and got his 23rd gold medal of his career. Um, so, great stuff for Bob coming up. But um, first, we'll start by talking with Sam Amick, who, sh- uh, what's the word, shed basketball for a day or okay. a- avoided basketball for a day?
1: Took or- off the basketball jersey and took a dive into this pool, Nicole.
0: Well, right. there we go. Good Some day to do it. You got your swimming metaphors all ready right. to go. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so Sam made his debut at the Aquatics Stadium um, for Michael's last day and our day eight and last day of swimming. So have you ever covered a swim meet, been to a swim meet? Like what were your impressions?
1: Legitimately high school swimming in my prep writing days is the extent of my swimming journalistic career. It was neat. I'm always a big proponent in sports of the fresh set of eyes, you know what I mean? So here you've been killing it on the beat and, and you've become an insider and also somebody who's a great storyteller with all these swimmers and I've enjoyed your career. I didn't pay him to say any of it. Very genuine, you've been doing a great job. And so here I kind of swoop in as one of the millions and millions if not billions of people who have admired what Michael Phelps has done from a distance seeing the way that he has changed the sport and to give people the context and kind of the way our industry works I'm focused mostly on basketball out here in Rio but when it's the Olympics and when you have an opportunity to come take a peek at something different something historic you do that, and I'm glad I did. I mean, we got to sit there and not only watch Michael's last couple of laps, listen to him afterwards, and hear that insight. It was really interesting stuff.
0: So, what, I mean, you, you sat in his press conference. He, I will just give you a little background. Um, he was way more insightful, introspective. Um, He seems more grounded. Um, Obviously, he's talked a lot in the last year about, you know, having a son and and the decision to come back to swimming and kind of life changes he's gone through. But he sort of started to broach that subject in London when he was originally going to retire. But this is like a completely different level. Was that what you were expecting, you know, him in that press conference? Like, again, you know, you've caught him in four year increments. Um, different life stages but did he what did he he come across did it surprise you kind of where his personality and persona is right now
1: a little bit I mean I've noticed in the coverage for the last couple months and that he's obviously getting to a very good place as a person and he talked about that tonight and again the fresh set of eyes thing you know for me you walk in that room and it's hard not to think back to some of the headlines, not to think back to the oversimplified version of Michael Phelps that, that we were spoon-fed in a lot of ways. The guy made some mistakes. He's referenced those, talked about those ad nauseum. But I say this, he was superhuman, and I use that not in a way that he is in the pool, where he breaks records and goes for 23 gold medals, just superhuman as a person. And he sat up there and he was raw. Um, I was not very close to where he was actually physically sitting, as you know, like probably 25, 30, 35 feet away. And pretty early on in the press conference, I literally, not to sound cheesy about it, you felt like you could really feel where he was at. Somebody asked him, an Asian reporter, a woman who I thought asked a, a poignant question. And culturally, it was interesting because she speaks English but had to work her way through her question and did a nice job of basically asking Michael, as a person, as a human being, and your spirit and your soul, how are you different now? than you were and bear in mind she mentioned that she had covered him for five olympics um, and how are you different and he sat there and he took a moment to answer it i don't know that he got choked up but he seemed to really be pensive and talk about how the media the fans the public they now see who he truly is who he really is obviously a guy who put a guard up and a wall up for years and years and years and here at the end decided to let the world see who he is
0: yeah i think that's definitely part of it and um... You know, like I said, he's, he tried to or started to in London. Um, Bob, his coach forever, said a couple nights ago that London was not like this. I mean, he was counting out the days till he got to leave. And it's certainly not been that way. I, I feel like he has been enjoying it. And he's gotten emotional on the medal stand, which – is not something that we're used to seeing. And I think it's sort of hit him as we've gotten closer and closer to the end of the week. I still would not say he's a hundred percent retired. I think we've got a couple of years. We'll have to see. Um, because we, we've seen this with him before. I mean, he could take a year or two off and get back into world-class shape. So, Anthony Irvin just won a gold medal at age 35. And Bob did correct me You'll get to, you'll get to hear this. he sort of chuckles at the bristles at the idea that you know uh, Anthony Irvin also only had to swim 50 meters in one event. so it's a little different um, than what Michael has typically done, um, but that was a huge storyline here here all week. Um, but I know you've been jealous because we've had a lot of drama and a lot of storylines
1: I got a taste of it tonight you know the, the Russian storyline with Lily King. Reared its head again, and there were some words going back and forth.
0: Yeah, so our, our colleague, uh, Martin Rogers, got uh, Yulia Mova firing back.
1: So, and I did get to hear it. Martin had grabbed her one-on-one, and so I, I joined him. And what struck me about, and I'm going to be the swimming rookie here. How do we pronounce it, Yulia? Yulia. Yulia, she just didn't give a you-know-what about what she said. She was... It's one of those things where print or the written word might not do it justice because she just very candidly sat there and said that she thinks Lily King needs to grow up and she hopes that she changes. And then it was a media wise, it was a pretty fascinating moment because it was Martin there and then I showed up and then Christine Brennan shows up. And so obviously all of us are coworkers and colleagues for the same outlet. And Christine came in and started asking a few questions about doping. And the idea that isn't it probably good for the sport that that conversation is really in full swing now. And Yulia fired back on Christine, too, and said, well, why are you only talking about us? And and was a little salty. So that, you know, storyline that I certainly had been following was was here all night, too.
0: Yeah, and I think this has been one of the venues where it's been the biggest story. I mean, not every venue has Russians, which is part of it. Um, I don't think any are at track. And I think there was one maybe who got approved and... Is not going to compete. I'm not sure if that's correct. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, they were booed. Julia was booed a lot this week. She left with two silver medals, which is unbelievable. I mean, she in Martin's story, she talks about just what a nightmare of a week this was and how it did turn into a bit of a war, a bit of a cold war. Um, so yeah, we had that Lily King's emergence in general. I mean, that was not at all a person. If you had said, give me 10 people who could be breakout stars of like swimming at this Olympics, that's not someone I would have said, Um uh, Maya Dorado had a terrific games. Ryan Murphy got overshadowed, unfortunately on Phelps's last night, set a world record, um, with his leg of the backstroke and also won the hundred and the 200 backstroke, um, it was actually, like, you know, I know you, you're one of the, again, most of our readers pop in every four years for swimming. Um, this was surprising. They, they were not, coming out of trials six weeks ago, the times were really slow. Um, you know, we did metal projections, like, looking at the times that they swam there versus the best times in the world this year, and it was a lot of bronze. Um, it was a lot of silver, not a lot of gold. And Katie, was basically, Katie Ledecky was basically the only shoe in there. Um, so they outperformed, there were surprise gold medals. Um, we had Simone Manuel's emergence, I think you're, you, you wrote on her. Um, so we'll have Sam swimming byline um, in the paper. But you know, it was just, so you had, you had cultural, racial history making, you had the doping, you know, trailblazing. There was just, there was so much going on here. Um, And then just some phenomenal swimming. I feel very fortunate to have, you know, you should have come a little bit earlier, a day earlier, you would have got to see Katie Ledecky because she is something else. I mean, she's so good that people actually watched an 800-meter freestyle, which is not easy to do.
1: Well, and I told you this earlier today. You put out a tweet with your vantage point of her race last night when the entire photograph just did not have any other swimmers in it besides Katie and I was at the Team USA basketball game and I'd look at Twitter I see this picture and it's like my god this woman is amazing.
0: Well I tried to like really back it up like zoom out you know just try to make it as far out as possible but she was phenomenal and um, I got to write on her after she had the 200 free which is the only one that was not a lock I mean it was her weakest event and she still won a gold medal in it so like that's saying something she talked about. She almost felt like she was going to throw up. I mean, that's a hard race for her. Um, And once she did that, I was like, well, there goes history. I mean, she's going to tie Debbie Meyer first, second woman ever to have three individual freestyle medals, gold medals in the same games. Um, She was part of the relay. It's going to be crazy. It's crazy to think she's literally just going to Stanford as a freshman in the fall, like next month and coming off that. So swimming has been pretty awesome. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I'm very, very, not jealous that um you've had so to be a basketball be
1: out here let me take check the clock here at 1 in the morning you've been here later than that on a lot of nights that, local time yes local time real time then you should get a payoff for it and, and it really you know i guess another quick thought before we go here the simone thing i fly in i read about simone that stuff's obviously a lot bigger than swimming it was neat to hear her talk uh, Gary Washburn, a colleague of mine who ironically covers the NBA for the Boston Globe, was here.
0: It was like take your NBA writer yeah. friend to work
1: day. Love Sean Devaney of the Sporting News covers the NBA. He was here. And Gary had asked Simone just a question about uh, what's next in life after this huge of a moment. You know, you're going to get talk show requests. This is a, there's a social impact that comes with what Simone did. And, and I love the grace with which she's handling that. She talked about wanting to inspire kids of color and you know minorities and this is we all know this is largely a white sport and and it's it cuts so deep especially i think in american landscape because of the realities that you know somebody like simone gets in a pool as a kid and there's not a lot of people who look like her and hopefully that changes and she did there was another call for change after this race where she said my personality is that i'm not complacent so yes we already have some change i want a lot more hopefully that happens
0: It was interesting. So after she won the 100 free, which was the, you know, the first African American woman to win gold, an individual gold medal in swimming, um, I talked to Colin Jones, who's who's basically carried that burden for the last at least eight years of being basically the only one or one of the few um, black swimmers on the national teams. Um, He's talked about it. He is, you know, he goes around and speaks about it. He almost drowned as a kid. Um, and I talked to him and I said, you know, she was, she's was she been talking about the weight, you know, she felt before she swam in that 100 free of like you're doing this for way more than yourself. And he said, that's amazing that she already feels that and that she's already talking about it. Because for him, he got it a bit because so he got gold um, as part of Relay in Beijing. And he also got um, medals as part of Re- Relay in um, in 2012 in London. And so he was the first, I think... Gold medal, whatever it was. He was a first um, in some sort of capacity, also. And he said, like, he didn't realize until he got back home what that meant. And he was getting messages from, swimmer saying I'm also the only black kid on my swim team and like do you know how amazing that felt to watch you do it and and he just all those people who felt themselves in him and saw themselves in him um, and obviously you know and then he felt comfortable speaking out about that and wanting to inspire people and for Simone it just clicked instantly and she's saying all that stuff right off the bat her mom gave a press conference and someone asked like are you she brought up police brutality you know she's brought up like really you know hot button issues and her mom was like you know as long as she's giving them thoughtful you know eloquent educated answers i want her to speak her mind and i want her to say what she believes and so it's just really refreshing you know as as you know you cover the nba i cover college sports there are a lot of people who are afraid to speak their mind. Um, and we've definitely not had that at swimming. But Simone has been awesome about that. Um, and actually, I guess we should even clarify which Simone because it's amazing that there's two Simones from Houston who are like the breakout, well, we already knew, but breakout stars at the game.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we could do a whole different podcast on the stuff you're talking about, Nicole, and athletes speaking out. But I do love seeing, again, I'm the NBA guy. And there's been a lot of that in the NBA lately. Guys speaking up about Black Lives Matter, Carmelo Anthony leading that charge. I kept thinking tonight as I listened to Simone talk about a recent conversation I had with Jimmy Butler, the Bulls guard, who was joking the other day about how the team for the American men's basketball team staying on a cruise ship. And he was kidding around about how I don't like the water. I don't like to swim. I don't even like being on the boat. And he was joking. But that is that fits. You know, the stereotype that we... That That Simone is, like, breaking down. Right. That's kind of what she's busting right through. And uh, I would love to chat with her again. I think, you know, chances are pretty slim that I get to do that. (laughs) But I did want to catch her. And to me, when you do something like that, I always... It's like the cell phone test. I would... I would pay a lot of money to just take a peek at her cell phone and see who's called her the last couple of days. Because when you become the first African-American to do something of that significance, I wouldn't be shocked if the president called her. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, high profile athletes, politicians, uh, you know, the biggest names in the game called her because that's pretty meaningful.
0: Uh, on a, personal note as a hamilton fan i got really excited that lynn manuel miranda tweeted about her and like called her a mermaid and he was like talking about how like this beautiful mermaid made history and that was pretty cool so i on a hamilton fan note i hope she hears from him okay first of all this is a complete tangent now but i live in new york I enter the lottery every day when I'm in New York because otherwise I'm not going to see it for over a year right. and or I'm going to have to spend $1,200 on tickets. So I'm try every day for a $10 ticket. It has not happened yet, but I'm working on it. So I
1: shouldn't feel bad that I was just there for four days and we couldn't get in?
0: I've been trying for like four months I do listen to the soundtrack all the time so (laughs) and
1: I I can't remember another definite tangent time now but another play it's like 2 a.m it's okay I know we're getting delusional but the same vein though I mean that's that play broke its own barriers and changed some perceptions and you know that's the exciting part about our country and there's a lot of negative stuff going on right now but this is some of the positive and why not emphasize it
0: and on that note, we'll wrap it up. Um, and if anyone, I did tweet this, but if we do have any crossover Olympics slash Hamilton fans, the One Last Time song was like playing in my mind as Michael Phelps like went up to the blocks for his last time. Like, you know, part of the lyrics is teach him how to say goodbye. And it's like about George Washington, but it, like there was a lot of parallels. So, Yes, I'm loopy. Yes, I have not slept much. So that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but it happened and it went through my mind. Um, but we'll wrap it up um, again. We're recording this really, really late on Saturday night after swimming has wrapped. It's now. Yes, it's now technically Sunday morning. Um, I just want to let you know because i are not entirely sure when it'll go up. Um, and I'm going to jump right into my conversation with Bob Bowman, who is coach Phelps, basically his entire life and uh, hope you enjoy. And we'll have some more Olympics podcasts for you in the future if you like. Us, like us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe
1: on iTunes. Review. Tell everybody how great Nicole is on going for gold. Twitter all of us. All of the above.
0: Yes. Thanks for listening and take care. Talk to you soon. So I'm here with Bob bowman right after um, Michael retired again. We think, um, and he so he just got gold as a member of the uh, medley relay five gold medals, one silver. Bob, could you have imagined, even if you're writing it out as a storytelling ending, that it would be this many gold medals?
2: No, I was thinking maybe one or two. So to end up like this is a very special. It's really a testament to the hard work he put in and just his ability to get ready for the big moments.
0: He, he just referred to it as kind of the cherry on top, uh, ending the week that, the way he wanted. Um, we talked about this earlier in the week, but you said that you could tell coming in based on training camp that he could have a special meet. How do you see that in him?
2: Well, you just look at the way he moves in the water and the times he's doing in training, and uh, you, know, you can kind of just judge from that. His demeanor, too, is so much better. He's happier doing it, so that's usually a factor.
0: What was it also like? He was a captain, flag bearer. He had a lot more kind of leadership, visible roles. Um, Was that a different Olympics for him? Did you notice differences?
2: No, it was a very different Olympics for him, and and I think it was so much better in many ways. You know, he was a very vocal leader of the team on the grand scale, carrying the flag, and also as the captain of the swimming team. And I think that it was an opportunity for him to just get to know people a lot better and for them to get to know him. So it was a really great experience from that standpoint. And everyone got to know Boomer? Everyone got to know
0: Boomer. I um, think he's got more Instagram followers than everyone that we know combined. <laughs> I think he's
2: a half a million now. We're on his way. It's crazy. <laughs> well, he's very cute. He so is think, but... the cutest.
0: Uh, at any point during this week, Michael seemed to have grown a little bit more emotional as the week went on. Yeah. When was he, when did you see it starting to hit? And you know the magnitude of what he's accomplished, kind of. I
2: think really. When he was on the award stand for the 200 IM, he started to get really emotional and I think that was it. That, that's kind of when I, I think we were both starting to think about the big picture a little bit more than just the next race.
0: I was thinking about this. I don't think I have 28 of anything. <laughs> like, I like I can't even wrap my head around that number. I don't know what what, what does he do with all those medals?
2: I have absolutely no idea. Sure, I hope they're locked up somewhere. But uh, you know, it's really for us. It's the the things that went into the medals that are important. Um, you know, the process, the years we spent, the memories we'll have. Those are the things that'll mean the most to us.
0: We've seen a lot of photos of kind of the beginning, of yeah. a very young, 15 year old Michael Phelps. What what are the things that have never changed since that, that
2: young boy? His competitive fire never changed. His ability to really focus when he's under pressure, and the fact that pressure seems to bring out the best in his athletic performance, that has been the same all the way through.
0: What about... Um are there any technique things that you were never able to kick or, or things that that have really contributed to how he's able to dominate for
2: Well, his underwaters are one of the things that make him so strong. We never did get a clean turn every time, even tonight in the relay. Probably <laughs> could have had a couple tenths better off that turn. But, um, you know, I think there are some things I'd like to have worked on uh, in turns, really, that I think would have
0: so you said the other night he's got more outside of the pool this yeah. time. Um, can you kind of elaborate on that sure. and what, what it really means to have kind of not just be Michael Phelps the swimmer and
2: Michael Phelps the person? Sure. Well, obviously, as his family, it's a big change, and he looks forward to, I'm sure, expanding that and you know spending time with the children and Nicole. He also is going to spend a lot of time with his foundation, which is now you know, doing work in 50 states, and really teaching kids about healthy lifestyles, water safety. That's a big passion of his. And, you know, he has his other corporate things that he does. So he has a big plan, and he's also going to coach me a little bit, is what I've heard.
0: Right, yeah, that's what I've read. So yeah. what do you have anything particular you want him to look at or talk to guys about?
2: I just really want him to help them with technique. He's very good at watching and knowing what needs to be corrected on someone's stroke. I think that's where he'll just start out and probably race strategy is very good at that so they'll help him on that
0: Is it strange to think about I mean you're also wearing two hats you're yeah. the head of the men's team I mean there's been some amazing performances from yes. some of these young guys including Ryan Murphy the world right. record in the relay um, but is it, is it going to be strange to look at a, a U.S. swim team without Michael Phelps
2: for me, particularly, yes. <laughs> but,
0: wearing both hats. Yeah,
2: know, wearing both hats. Absolutely, he's just been our mainstay, and you know now the young guys will really have to step up. They, you know, sometimes Michael kind of gave them some cover in terms of you know being able to do their thing, but now they'll be the guys that we go to. So it'll be it'll be good. They'll be ready.
0: Did, you've obviously been a very integral part of the way that swimming has changed with Michael, right? And the profile, and, and even the ability for some of these swimmers to make a living, sure. as, you know, post grad swimmers. What, what is the biggest difference from kind of before he started to now in the USA swimming scene?
2: Well, they can actually make enough of a living to continue training in a manner that helps them swim faster. I think that's a big part. Also, just the national awareness of swimming has increased a hundredfold. Um, Swimming is a big sport now, probably the preeminent sport in the Olympics, I would say, uh, in terms of interest and the things that we do in the pool. So that's what he's really done is he's captivated people. I I think his name being synonymous with excellence has really brought in a ton of people, and those people have gotten to know the Ryan Murphys and the other people who are going to be coming up. So I think that's what his main contribution
0: is. And that was always something important
2: to him, right? Exactly. Very important to him.
0: So when, um, you know, when he got here and started having all of these fantastic performances, we started talking about this the other day. Everyone's like, come on, he, he's this good at 31. <laughs> he's got us. Anthony Irvin just won a gold medal right. at 35. In but a
2: 50, in a one lap race. Yes.
0: Yeah, we're not going to try to have him do a 200 fly. Exactly. Um, but do you think that, we and we talked about this again yeah. the other day, but just for podcast listeners, he made it look so easy. And then you see guys like Ryan Lochte struggle. I mean, you actually see what 31, 32 looks like. Um, What do you think was the key for, you know, he sort of redefined what a, how the length of a swimming career could be at that level.
2: I think the key is the way that he kind of changed his life around and got back to the kind of, you know, clean living that he had when he was younger. So I think that's the key. Um, You know, Keenan and I have a saying, Keenan Robinson, our trainer, longtime trainer, it's like, you know, the further, Way you get from what made you great, the further away you get from great. <laughs> so you have to kind of get back to those things that you did, which when you were climbing the mountain, if you really want to get back and stay at that level. So I think Michael did a great job of that. And I think he could swim at 35. That's not the issue. The, que- the question is, should he swim at 35, and what, does he want to? And does he want to. Right? And,
0: th- and that was kind of the difference, right? The yeah. like, between London and here, he exactly. wanted to swim this
2: way. Exactly. And, you know, at some point, when you have 23 gold medals, is 24 going to be better? I, I don't know. You know, he's so far ahead. I think there are other things he could do now. I will take one if he's offering Okay, to. there
0: you go. <laughs> uh, last question. Um, what, like, what was the last message you said before he swam his final race today, and what was the first thing he said to you after the race?
2: You just saw it first time I saw him after the race. I saw them just hugging. the hallway. That was it. <laughs> that was it. We just hugged, and he said, that was good. I said, 50.3. He said, yeah, not bad. Came back in 26.6. I did analyze six, six. the race. I was like, what
0: are they talking about?
2: <laughs> um, I, we really don't say that much before the races. And quite frankly, while he was warming up today, I was getting really emotional. I like cried one time, so I just tried to stay back <laughs> and not make that make him nervous. So uh, we really didn't talk that much.
0: Yeah, Nathan was saying that in the little pre-swim. Huddle, yeah. he said something like, it wasn't the right time to say like it's been an honor and like right, all right, this right. Stuff, yeah, the yeah, contribution yeah. to swimming, but it might have been said anyway. exactly,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> um well Bob, thank you so much. Um I really appreciate it and congrats on Michael's career and also a fantastic Olympics for the USA swimming team. That was really more medals than London.
2: Thanks, Nicole, really appreciate it.